0: Welcome back to the Glam Podcast. My name is Anna Ryan. I'm Jess Mastercola And we are finally back after doing a bunch of stuff. Mostly popping kids out. Yeah. That was that, yep. that was disgusting. And terrible. And the worst. But we come back into a world where uh, I feel like our greeting should actually be uh, blessed be the fruit. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed yeah. be, the, be the fruit, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, lots of things have happened. What has it been, like three years? Yeah, Rory's. My son is two, so almost
1: three. He'll be three in September, so... Okay, yeah. Amelia yep, will, be, will be
0: two in November. Um, so we got a lot to catch up on, but today we're going to talk about more current events. Um, this is going to be an episode that covers the Roe v. Wade decision, and a little disclaimer, a little trigger warning going forward, we are not for this decision. So if this is not something you agree with, this is not the podcast for you. Um, but here we are, we're coming back with some, some, some opinions on this one, as usual. Uh, joining us today is Judith Brown. Judith is a experienced EMT, she's also got uh, life experience behind her, she's going to tell us a little bit about that. Judith? Hey, how you doing? Hi! So, it's been a heck of a week, yeah, right? been <laughs> a hell of a couple of years there.
2: <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on the children. I know that this is like a crazy change in life, but you know what? Totally worth it. Definitely challenging, gonna change in so many ways. Woohoo. Uh, yeah, it doesn't and stop. Changing yes. doesn't stop.
0: changing doesn't stop. Changing doesn't, but they're adorable. The changing they are very cute. Absolutely adorable. And, and they and, get along most of the time. And they get along.
2: Yeah. They're so cute. I know. And it's like they're gonna be little people. Which brings us of course to the, uh, the the fun and games that are going on from the uh, from the folks on the hill in, in, in Washington. So uh I guess a little bit of background for me. I was I was 16 years old when uh, Roe was became law of the land, which which was really kind of interesting because I was like just aware enough of what life was like and the feminist movement had been going for a bit and uh, uh, I was also young enough that uh, I had a lot of implications uh, or, or a lot of questions about sexuality and this and that that were um, uh, uh, coming up for me. Uh, I was also very much a product of the past that my parents had taught me about. I was definitely of the generation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was of the generation that was taught that you know tampons would uh, make you not a virgin anymore. Uh, oh yeah, Sorry. seriously. I didn't even know that. Was a... <laughs> I didn't know that
0: thing either. <laughs>
2: Yep, yep, we were we were taught that if you used tampons you wouldn't be a virgin and I, I, I legitimately asked my mother why that was important cuz I didn't understand. I didn't know. And she could not explain to me that virginity was the thing that made you an eligible human being as a female, at, you know, at marriage. So I I didn't get the connection. So, you know, I was I was happy to like wander around with Tampax cuz that was, you know, much a, be- a a much better option in my world. But she was very concerned that I would be somehow unmarriageable um, because I'd used some sort Cause of... Because your, your
0: value had gone down somehow. Well, yep.
2: My yeah. value as a, as a female... As a, as a piece of property. Yep.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, women
2: okay. as chattels were, de- de- were definitely, and to some degree, I know it's really hard to, to, to think about this. I can't just- believe
1: that happened so recently, too. Like, that's, like, not like that's like stuff like I think of that and I'm like oh that's like the 1800s. Right?
0: Yeah, no. It was in like the in the in the what? We're in the 20s, so the 20th century.
2: Yeah. So so new slash uh I was also an educator for planned parenthood mm. for 5 years. Uh I saw every high school class in Monmouth County for 5 years. Every high school, certainly not every senior class, but every health mm-hmm. class it was covering human sexuality that would have a Planned Parenthood um, educator in, uh, I went to. And as a result of that, I heard a ton of things that are still out there, beliefs that are still out there about human sexuality, male and female, performative and biological, and you'd be amazed what people still believe. And yes, that is still one of them. Wow. People still think that if a girl uses tampons, she's going to be no longer a virgin and therefore not worth it. It's like crazy. Oh how, Damaged like,
1: goods, I think, is probably the best way to describe it. It's crazy how like you can take for granted a, like up-to-date education. Yeah, or like a decent, like, like, like basis in education. I, because, because I was very fortunate to have a very comprehensive and like, forward-thinking like, sexual education at my high school. I
0: think our high school only taught... Like they taught like I mean partial... it was mostly forward thinking. It
1: was a little bit Yeah, they bit taught like of... partial abstinence. It was more like they a like don't don't too. have sex
0: until you're ready. You will right. have a baby, you will get chlamydia, you will die. Like it's not <laughs> it it's, really it's not that true. level, but like it is But
1: my mom's also my mom was also a nurse and still is. Um and she mm-hmm. was very open about sexuality and I think that also did me a good service. Like, I was very fortunate, like, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess I, guess I never, I never thought of the idea of someone not getting that same education. Right? Yeah,
2: and, and a lot of yeah. the wholesale fear-mongering that goes along with sexuality mm-hmm. education uh, is, is, is very much ingrained in the society, so it's really tough to escape. Mm-hmm. So as an educator walking in, I kind of took that as a baseline minimum. People were at least scared about sex. Sure. Uh, or their sexuality, or confessing their sexuality, uh, because there's a lot of there's a lot of value placed on on sexuality. You know, being a, a cis white male is kind of held as the pinnacle,
0: and mm-hmm. being a, a for the sake of this episode, I identify as a cis white male. Me too. Oh, okay,
1: I'm not, cool. we're, yeah. we're now all cis white males. Yeah, that's so I can continue <laughs> no, see, owning I'm, my property.
2: I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> own my place as as an old lady, <laughs> which uh, really is the is is the the. But first... that's
0: a hierarchy in this country, right? There you have, have to be, yeah. be either a cis white male or a cis white old lady, and like that's this is fine. So like, I am right. officially a 72 year old white man who uh, legislator legislator who can make decisions about other women's bodies. Yeah, there you go. That's uh. That's how I identify. That's overturning the overturning. That you know what that we just solved this whole problem. We, we don't de- have to have an episode. No, I just that's how I identify. And you go, can't tell me, let's me just otherwise. Just go right
1: now. We'll drive to DC. <laughs> and we're going to overturn the overturn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who are you to do this? I'm a cis white male. Tell me I'm not.
1: Right. Okay. We solved
2: it. I I, I think that's brilliant. so. Let's and go. And go, let's let's <laughs> go <ahead. laughs> so moving very right long. Uh, so so that's 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 what I, I have to contribute. I think is maybe a little bit of of perspective about mm-hmm. uh, where we were. What we come to, and now I don't know if if uh, how many steps backward now. How many steps backwards? Taken? What right. we can expect maybe in in terms of some of the social uh, implications yeah. and some of the medical implications as providers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and as trainers, as people as who trainers. who educate our own, we have to think about what this is going to mean for the treatment of the the sick women we're going to see coming down the line. We're already seeing uh, sick women. We're already for this. Sick women. Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah. Uh, I think this is. This is gonna be a ride.
0: So let's go let's go down the road where we, we started talking about the value of virginity and the value of, of women in in society. Where in like that reference point where we're doing like the eighteen hundreds kind of look mm. and like it's kind of moving into like the nineteen that's a jump. But like alright, so then let's take it from like the nineteen fifties on. Right? Where we are essentially chattel.
2: Well, okay, so we we can let Let's, let's start with a basic understanding that under English law uh, Women were chattels. Mm-hmm. We were owned by our fathers. We were the property of our husbands And in some cases as as a woman's life evolved uh, She might actually come under the protection of her grown sons uh, sometimes her sons as as adolescents, so there's a, a lot of historical precedent around women's rights and abilities being curtailed, yeah. so we are we are uh, swimming against the current and have been for for a couple of hundred years to establish women's autonomy, uh, their our ability to make our own decisions, uh, our ability to control our own biology, our ability to speak in the public forum, and to have legal rights. Um, you know, to own property, all of those things were long ago established as not our realm and we have been working for centuries to make those things happen so to see this particular law repealed by the courts which is again a mind-blowing thing um is is uh, uh is is a huge step back in ju- in more than just the ability to to get an abortion if one chooses to have one to terminate a pregnancy if one finds that need um it, there's a lot more riding on this than
0: just hey listen you got pregnant now what do you do yeah uh, and i think we have to talk about too the idea that that pregnancy and the ability to 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 end one mm-hmm. gave A lot of that fight that women were were going through for rights, a leg up, right? The ability for me to say, no, I don't want to have a baby or no, I can't have a child at this point because I can't provide for the child or my family can't provide for the child or something along those lines, that I'm not going to carry this child to term for the sake of carrying a medical condition or I have a medical condition, but I'm not going to carry this child to term for the sake of carrying to term also meant that I can go to work and I can get an education, Yeah, mm-hmm. and I could take myself out from like, that typical barefoot and pregnant role and put myself in equal to my, to my male counterparts. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, let's become even more basic about this. It was the decision that I will or I will not.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That fundamental decision is what Roe enshrined. Yes. It said, a woman has the right to say, I will or I will not. And that right to privacy piece that that Roe was based on was was implied that a woman had a right to make her own decisions. Uh, that she and mm-hmm. her medical provider could uh, um, you know contribute information, and ultimately it was a woman's decision to say I will. If she said I will become a parent, that was one path. If she said I will not become a parent now. That was a whole other path. And all of those things you're talking about, about uh, income, education, social participation, all of those things hinged on that one decision mm-hmm. that Roe gave us the ability to make. That's where a woman's intrinsic value was established. Mm-hmm. I will take control of my life, my body, my income, my family. And a lot of these decisions are not made alone. But a woman's intrinsic value was established in, in part. It's what this is one of the laws that established it for women. So so yeah, this is this is huge. This is more than just well, you know, women should have babies or women shouldn't have babies. It's a woman has a right to be an autonomous citizen.
0: Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the idea that there is a fetus and therefore that fetus is a human and when that human that human state becomes a real state or anything along those lines, right? So we have fertilized we have a fertilized egg, is it a human then? Is it a human when it pops out of your body? Doesn't matter. Because at one point or another, a woman was able to say yes or no. I had a baby. I had a baby that I didn't necessarily know that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I was very much against the idea of having children. I was looking into adoption. I didn't want to be pregnant. And when I found out that I was pregnant, it was a conversation I had with my providers and with my husband that involved everything all of the pieces of information, and we all decided together that this was something that I was going to do, but I was part of that decision.
1: That is so funny, because that was the exact experience I had. Mm Because we actually, before I became pregnant, you and I had spoken about how we wish we could have a child without... We needed private. a birth pod. We needed a birth pod that you yeah. stick in the living room, and then on birthday, you press the button and it popped up, and confetti shoots out, and it goes da 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 da. da, da yeah,
0: and then I can still wear a bikini. Right. I never wore bikinis before. I, I was going to say, who wants to wear a bikini? Those <laughs> but, are so weird. Yeah. So that was you absolutely. You're in your underwear. I'm sorry. That was absolutely what you're into. We're not in your shame.
1: Oh, yeah. It's fine. I just don't want to do it. But that mm-hmm. was absolutely a conversation that I had with my husband when mm-hmm. I found out I was pregnant is, is this something that we are physically, mentally, emotionally and financially capable of doing. Yeah. right now. And mm-hmm. I was very privileged to even be able to have that conversation and make a decision either way, right? But that's my that, and that's the and, point, right? Cuz you have value in that side of the relationship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you did too. Mm-hmm. And I consider myself very lucky. And at the end of the day, obviously I chose to we made the decision that we were able to and ready and we went through with that pregnancy, and mm-hmm. I'm, of course, happy that we did. But at the end of the day, like, uh, there is no reason anyone should be telling someone whether they are capable yeah. of carrying a pregnancy and caring for a child. There are some people in this world who may not be able to mentally or physically yeah,
0: carry... Yeah, we were just talking
1: about this off yeah. air, right? right. Where well, right. like, my pregnancy was particularly difficult. And so mine was... I? It was more difficult than I... Ever imagined in my life?
0: Yeah, and not just physically. Let's we'll talk about that well. with the with the, right? with the listeners real fast. Pregnancy is no <clears throat> fucking joke. No, there's no glowing. I sweat. There was no glow. <laughs> there, I did not. I mean, some women listen. Some women have this beautiful glow,
1: and they feel great when they're pregnant, and oh, they yeah. love being pregnant. And you know what? Like that is so exciting for you. If you're at like whoever's listening, if that was you out there, like I'm so happy for you. Yeah, that it wasn't was not me. me, and it was not Anna. Nope. um, I was sick almost my entire pregnancy, mm-hmm. almost the whole time. And I was, I'm tiny and you're not tiny. So I'm not, I'm clearly very it has nothing to do with height. Cause I'm eleven, and Anna's, I don't even know. Six three. You're six three. So there's over a foot of difference <laughs> between us. Yeah. All right. And we had similar experiences. So I was sick almost the whole time. My birth was very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Like we had similar experiences despite our height differences, despite our, like,
0: you know, our, um, the heart, or medical. Word. Oh my god! I still take what is it? Omeprazole? Oh my god! Jesus Christ for life, I think. Yeah. hmm Yeah. I yeah. love spicy foods. Nobody Nobody's talks.
2: Doing... N- nobody talks about birth trauma enough no. to to or, or or the trauma that's enacted on the body through pregnancy. Right. Nobody talks about that because you know if they did, the human race would have died No now. one would fucking do this. No, no one no would do this.
1: My <laughs> god. So for our listeners out there who are either female and have never been pregnant or male and obviously have never been pregnant because you're male. Yeah. Um, it's it's for real. Like it is a very difficult nine months and then even after that, we don't no one talks about the fourth trimester, which is Oh my the, God, no one talks about the, the time after actually physically giving birth. And for me that time lasted Almost two and a half years. It took me two and a half years to physically, mentally, and emotionally recover from that birth. Yeah. And from that pregnancy. I'm still
0: not mentally recovered from that birth. We were just talking about what we had to do in order to get through the birth. Correct. So I was on antidepressants the whole time. So was I. So was Jess. And I
1: continued during breastfeeding. And Uh those were medical decisions I was able to make with my medical provider Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And this is what we're talking about when it comes to autonomy for women. It's the ability to make the best decision for themselves. And I never
0: had to ask my husband's permission to take an antidepressant. No. Correct.
1: Oh, you know exactly. what? And
2: I think that's a really good point because you both had discussions around birth control. We were talking about this before. Yes. Uh, where the the medical provider looked at you and said, you have to get your husband's permission. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so what we're talking yeah. about before that is um, I was pregnant and... I, I never want to be pregnant again. Like, it was mm-hmm. halfway through my pregnancy, and I decided, like, I'm a diabetic. I'm 38 years old now. So at the time, I was 36. Um, and I'm just not... This is not for me. We're just not going to do it again. So I wanted to get a tubal ligation. I wanted a C-section. Uh, and I was like, while well, you're in there... Might as you well, know, right? Do the things. Mm-hmm. Which and is a very
1: common way to do it. Totally. Very because common. it's
0: invasive, and they're Correct. already in there, so why do another procedure? Correct. And my... Provider told me that I needed to get my husband's permission in order to get a tubal ligation because I was still a childbearing age and we <laughs> only had one child. Wow. And I looked at my husband and I said, you agree. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's your decision, my guy. Because it's, it's, yeah. if I can't make my own decision, that's a decision you're going to make for me. I'm absolutely not going to do this again.
2: But that's the whole notion of women as chattels. It's like, yes. well, like any good breeding stock, you know, you still have productive years
1: left to you. So Despite your owner... Despite the fact older, that after 35, that... Like, the risk to the mother and the fetus goes up significantly. Yeah. Significantly. You were already past 35.
0: I was already considered a geriatric currency. First of all, fuck you. (laughs) Secondly, the risk that came along, the screenings that I had to do. My God. You were high risk. risk. I was high risk the whole time. I was diabetic. I was already old. My Mm. dusty eggs were coming out. Oh my god, one happened to get fertilized. All I can see is an egg walking out with a cane going, I'm right here! Yeah, like, (laughs) It's a Merlin looking (laughs) long beard having egg just coming out and being like,
1: I'm gonna get bored. It's time now! It's time now! (laughs) It's true though.
0: It's just, I feel like. um, But this whole process is a whole decision making tree that happens. Yes, and
1: like, I feel like. I feel like people who have never had experience pregnancy or a, like miscarriage, like they don't understand that. It's not just that you walk into an office and you say, this is what I'm doing. It is way more emotional and mental and physical than that. Like yeah. making the decision to have an abortion is not just like you just wake up one day and go, it's time. We're going to go do it today. It's, it takes a lot of thinking mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. whether you say yes to an abortion or not. Like, it it's 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 taxing on you.
0: Let's also talk about the you idea know? that this this whole decision, <clears throat> what this what this law encompassed for people, and what the decision to re, to repeal it says, is that I can no longer have a conversation around my mental health or my one, mental well being or like my physical. ability to to have a child, but neither can my partner. Correct.
1: It takes right? away that decision from the partner too, because you know what, in my partnership, mm-hmm. my husband said, you know. This decision rests solely on you. I'm going to give my input. And his input was, if you physically and mentally can't do it, then we're not doing it, right?
0: Which, thank Which, God for that.
1: Thank goodness for that. I mean, I completely acknowledge that there are going to be times where there's disagreements. And and that is... that is that actually is happening. I think Judith, if she's willing to, um, oh, absolutely. Share. No,
2: uh, and this is the interesting <laughs> part of it because you know a lot of focus has been put on on the with with the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned. A lot of emphasis has been put on on women's decision making. The reality is this is partnered decision making. Uh, I was just looking up. Um, Uh, a book written by, um, not written by, but gathered by Margaret Sanger years ago, where she was getting letters from the field of parents, families, men in particular, writing to her, begging her for birth control methods to find out, you know, how to make this stop happening because, and the ones that are especially moving, of course there are letters from women, but there are letters from men who are saying, if my wife gets pregnant again, she'll die. We've been told this by her doctor, and uh, how do we prevent pregnancy? Or do we have to live apart to make sure this never happens to her because I love her so much? Parents who write in saying, we cannot support another child. How do we prevent pregnancy and still have what's called what was at the time considered a godly marriage? You know, a, a marriage that it was... Considered appropriate where a man and wife had sex. Yeah, so these letters and I think people have forgotten that this was the way the world was uh, My own experience was that when uh, I was a newly married woman. I got pregnant on my honeymoon uh, Yay! Well, not know. actually it wasn't you um, Oh, I didn't think I know I was an uh, accident. Uh, yeah, I know my kid was an accident
0: <laughs> so that worked out well Carrying on family traditions.
2: <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I got pregnant on my honeymoon, and my husband at the time um, sat me down and begged me not to make him a father yet. He was very clear about the fact that he was not ready. He was terrified at the prospect, and we 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 sat together and talked about it, and um, we agreed that the best thing for us to do was to have an abortion. Meanwhile. You know, Years later, we had three children together, and oh, by the way, the other thing you don't know about is that I became pregnant again after the birth of my third child, and again, we made that decision together, mm-hmm. that this was not something that was going to be good for our family, good for either one of us, that we were done, and I had a second abortion partnered. This was not something that I was some <clears throat> irresponsible 17-year-old. I do know people who have had an abortion as a form of birth control. They would just go and have sex, and if they got pregnant, they would have an abortion. But that is
1: such a small percentage of actual abortions, right? Yeah. And that is, like, a
0: negligible And it's percentage. part of the big argument as to why this was a good thing to overturn, was because, oh, people just use abortion as birth control. It's like, actually.
1: Actually, that's barely any of that. Barely, barely any. even enough to even touch on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, Do it's... they exist? Sure, but sure. like you know, I'm sure at one point or another someone's going to find a pink elephant. Now they exist. Like who right. gives a fuck? I, it, it's just like, I.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm almost speechless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I got I got a little I got a little carried away no. looking
2: for the name of the book that that Margaret Sanger we'll put compiled. in the show notes. That's yeah, fine. we'll find we'll it put in, in the show notes. notes. But Absolutely. I actually
1: have real quick to add on to that. There was a show I was watching. Oh, uh, I, I think I was pregnant when I was watching it. It's called Call the Midwife. I loved Call the Midwife. A fantastic show. Uh Absolutely fantastic. And they did such a good job of actually encapsulating what it was like for a midwife in London in the 50s, I think it was. Yeah, it was in the 50s, yeah. And there is an episode about a woman and her husband, and I believe they have like eight children already, Mm -hmm. and the the wife finds out she's pregnant, and they can't financially afford to have another child, and she performs um, a... Pretty much illegal. She doesn't perform it herself. She goes to someone who is able to do so. able to do so, but it's done in a way that she ends up becoming septic, uh. and she doesn't fully abort, and she almost passed away. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't remember what episode it was, but it's this is the reality of what it. It is. Yeah, this, this is the reality. Is, like, abortions it's, aren't
0: going to stop. It's just safe abortions are going to stop. Safe abortions are going to stop. And, and that's that's the thing we really
1: have to be careful about. And that's kind of leading into the medical
0: implication of... Because this is an EMS show we should talk about. The, I mean, that yeah, US.
1: so, like, I mean, it's it's an EMS show, but EMS is affected by the socioeconomic absolutely part of it. So, medically speaking, we're going to see a lot of... We already see a lot of very sick women when they're pregnant and postpartum. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, embarrassingly enough, the USA is one of the worst, like you know developed nations as far as maternal death rates. Oh yeah, we One of the this. worst. It's embarrassing, it's pathetic, it's disappointing. But this is just going to get worse now. It's going to be I'm going
0: to put a I'm going to put a microphone behind that, y'all. We got to get our shit together. We do. We really do. Like we're Americans. Like
1: we uh, do really anything uh, to do uh, about like, like it. We're but we're like well, be this,
0: be... Is, <laughs> this is like a this is a, an evolved society globally right and you mean to tell me that we still suck at this yeah we yeah. do we well when it comes to american
2: it. exceptionalism this is the downside mm-hmm. you know we're exceptional in so many ways including the way the, the way that says that by the way including you know, the way
0: we kill our women mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: maternal death rates in the united states especially for, for for people who are living in poverty people of color uh people who yeah. are marginalized in any way mm-hmm. um yes. those death
1: rates are a Calling And yeah. there's no reason for it. There is none. Re- there's absolutely zero reason for it. And I think um, we needed we needed to literally do better. Like, well, legit. literally, literally do, better. do better. So
2: so let me let me it's... roll this back and, and and do the historical perspective because yeah. um, when Roe became the law of the land, it didn't mean that back alley abortions stopped and suddenly everything was pristine and legal. Uh, if anything, what it was, as I recall, was a long grind. Forward, Planned Parenthood was one of the first adopters of of the uh, of those medical standards. But even there, rolling out safe, legal abortion took time. Mm-hmm. There were still back alley abortions sure, when I was. There still are. before, before this, woman. yeah, absolutely, and it, there will be more importantly. And this is the part that I remember from from my experience. There were people who did their very best to self abort, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. including physical procedures, not just chemical procedures. By the way, yes, you know, the the horseback riding and this and that, which was just really silly shit uh, that, that people thought would end a pregnancy. Uh, then there were people who got serious about it and would, uh, you know...
0: Who would wire wire hanger thing? Okay, like, I know that's like a whole into, joke,
1: and that's actually in, like, Cards Against Humanity or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. It, it it's a legit, legit. thing people that People will insert happen. things into the uterus in
2: order to perforate... Correct. the the um um the amniotic sac uh and mm-hmm. to spontaneously abort, which That's leads how to it becomes septic like sepsis, how, yes, or uterine yep. perforation, yep. or all kinds of horrible things that happen. You know, there was an old uh, Chinese um, uh a, a thing that I read in in part of research where they would use a broom straw. My okay, gosh. think about that for a minute. It's dragged um, all over your goddamn house. Yeah. Well, probably you, you, you dragged it over your goddamn house, or just a piece of organic matter that went that into had to be the semi sterile that you could not sterilize. Newsflash
1: st- uteruses are supposed to be sterile, just yeah.
2: saying. Just right. right? Right, so, so there are, we are going to see people who do things. There are cultural okay. uh, practices uh, that are centuries old. That have been used, you know, in in um, different cultures to either prevent pregnancy or to um,
1: create a spontaneous abortion. We're going to see people who do that again. We yeah. are crafty people. We are crafty people, yeah. and we're gonna like women will find a way. Oh, they have find always a way, found a way. And you know what? The way is just going to be less safe. And, and here's way. the other piece to mm-hmm. talk about: less
2: safe. We know that there are um, there is a uh, medical. uh uh, abortion available in pill form yes great think for just a minute what's going to happen in those places where abortion becomes illegal people are going to go mail order and they're going to get fakes what are the fakes made out of well who the hell knows so even though we can we can get those things mail order we can guarantee that there's going to be a counterfeit market that pops up over because people are awful. That's Absolutely intrinsically right. awful. Well, that is intrinsically awful, but people are also desperate but and desperate people do mention, desperate things. Even yeah, if they not wrong. even
1: if they mail ordered and got the actual correct drug, mm-hmm. like you have to be closely monitored when you're taking an abortion pill. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make sure that the entire contents are passed because what can happen is say that, yeah. what can happen is like parts of um Parts of, I mean, it depends on how far along, but the abortion pills only... I don't remember the exact number, but it's only um, usable before a certain amount of weeks. I think it's 10 Ooh. weeks. I want to say it's 10 to 12 weeks. Um, after that, it does not work appropriately. Right. And if you don't pass all of the contents... What can happen is you can actually become septic from that. Mm-hmm. So and, and in some cases the DNC, and you end up having a DNC to get rid of the rest of it. Right, but so in you some need the surgical procedure
2: anyway. Well, at the that's the thing is in some cases that DNC now becomes illegal, illegal. because it's considered an abortion. And, so what is and yeah. put
0: yourself in the in the position of the doctors at that point, right? Do the you save this would, person's
1: life and go to jail or get yeah. fined, or
0: do you just, do you say, say, just well, sit and
1: watch them you, die? You reap what you sow, man. Like no, like that's. Like, that, that goes against the code of ethics for all medical professionals. And ca- I, can't, I can't even fathom being in a position as a medical professional knowing that I have to do a procedure to save someone's life and knowing that I could go to jail or be fined $100,000 yeah. for doing the right thing. Yeah. That is yeah. Let's also talk about the way that,
0: that doctors have historically listened to women. Oh, you mean not listened to women. <laughs> not listened <laughs> oh, to women. Right. Yeah. There's something wrong with the body I live in. No, there's not. Right. Cool. It's
1: psychosomatic, man. Yeah. Of course. Are you, are you are sure, you're sure? Are you sure you're not anxious, are you sure you're man? Not Insiety, anxious. my favorite yeah. one.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, and, and our problem in this country is, and I don't know if it's just in in the United States. It can't but be. We, but... we live here, so maybe it is. Let's maybe say it is. as
0: a world culture, <laughs> this is female hysteria has always been the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Right? It's always been the, 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 the thing that everyone goes back to. If you feel a certain way, it's not because it's you're sick. It's because you're emotional. It's because you're emotional. You're hormones. Yeah. It, it's not because you have something wrong with you. It's because you're just a female and you're having big things happen and therefore you're going to have a big reaction to things. Men don't have these emotions. Or men men don't, don't have any emotions. Men don't have any emotions whatsoever. Besides calm and anger. Yeah. You're the two male emotions. Oh, good. Oh. Ah.
1: Did you know that? I did not. Science. It makes
0: sense, though. My whole marriage makes sense. This yeah. <laughs> is <a> science <laughs> we're talking about. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, oh. Joe. We love you, Joe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so... Saying that something feels wrong, right? So let's, let, let's take out the entire thing where like a, a, a woman can or cannot decide to have this one medical procedure done, mm-hmm. right? A woman comes into a doctor's office and says, hey, listen, I feel bad. I have chest pain. I have chest pain. Give her yeah. example. example.
1: Oh, oh, this was recent. I was sick with some kind of non-coronavirus viral illness. They exist. Uh-huh. And I have a history of asthma and reactive airway when I get sick. Um, I had been having chest tightness and shortness of breath for several days, and I kind of knew like if it wasn't getting better, I'd have to go and get a breathing treatment, so I went to my local ER, and the first doctor that came and saw me said, are you sure you're not just anxious, because I see here you have anxiety, like a history of anxiety, and I promptly told him to go get me a new doctor, and that I would no longer discuss anything further with him, and he turned around and said, okay. Got me a new doctor, a female doctor came over, she asked my symptoms, didn't even mention my history of anxiety, and treated me appropriately, and I went home. Who knew? Yeah. What a weird thing, right? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> and,
2: and, and this is a, actually, and this is not an uncommon experience for women no. to walk into a doctor's office and be told it is all in your head go home, ask your husband, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, we'll do some tests and we'll let you know, no. which is one of which my- Which they never let you know. And they never let you know. Um, or oh, or the ones that, that, that I really adore are the ones who, who say, come back in X amount of time for that acute condition, I know several women who have had that thing happen yeah, where yeah. you have an acu- a set of, uh, of acute uh, uh, symptoms. You walk into a doctor's office, and even, especially if it's a doctor who knows you well, and they figure, oh, I know this person. They have X, Y, and Z going on. We'll give it a little bit of time rather than mm-hmm. doing any kind of investigation. In one case, it ended up in a fatality, which was just, you know mind bending. Um because this woman like twenty twenty two medicine here. Yeah. Here we are. Woman was having uh you know, classic symptoms of of an MI in in a female. She wasn't having classic symptoms of an MI in a male. She went to her doctor three times. She was given a Xanax at the last <gasps> time and died, you know,
0: hours later. The frickin' Xanax. Right? Because like it was the, all it's like in their her head.
1: for because, everything. Yeah, it yeah. was all in her head. You it's gotta like, calm oh my down. God.
0: Yeah. do I have to calm down or is my heart infarcting? <laughs> Just yeah. asking. Yeah,
1: but this is a—it's co- it's a common. Way. I should laugh, but it's like I'm, this is like a scared laugh. This is not a no. But it's not a any common laugh. way to to, to women silence yeah. women. And here's
0: yeah. now let's put this decision back into that situation mm-hmm. where now the doctors are scared, the women mm-hmm. are scared. Um, let's say that I got pregnant and I did a home abortion, mm-hmm. and something went horribly wrong, and now I'm terribly sick, and they ask. Did you do this? Mm-hmm. I know the implications for me is going to be jail time and fines, so and I know the no. implication for them. And I, so I say no. And then now so they that don't have leads full them down that. a different diagnostic Correct. path. Yep. And then the doctor comes in, knows exactly what this looks like, and what it is that he has to do for it. And now his implications are going to be a problem. Her implications are going to be uh, that's, even higher that's than they I will to, be. And
1: then that really, what it's going to create is them having to falsify documentation to justify doing that procedure. Yeah, we have added in... Which, by the way... Is added
0: in to the silence of women. We have added in... The silence th- of our medical professionals. The silence of our medical professionals, and we have yep. added in fear to both.
2: Yeah, which, by the way, is historically exactly what happened when wealthy women would get an abortion,
0: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
2: and their doctors would falsify records yeah. to cover themselves. Of course. I'm
1: not even surprised by that. But yeah. That I just feel the people who, who end up with the, with the, <clears throat> the really shitty end of the stick here. Well, money talks, doesn't it? Uh always has. Pretty always loud, will. huh? Yeah,
2: well, mm. here we are. Uh the people who end up with the, with the, the the real burdens here are marginalized people who yeah. don't won't have access mm-hmm. to the doctor who understands what's going on and will falsify the records. The people yeah. who are at the bottom of the economic scale, who are at the bottom of the power scale, who do not have the means or the voice to make their lives better,
0: or to re-empower themselves, and those are the people who are going to have those children mm-hmm. and breed. And it's not like a like an actual not medical diagnosis or anything like no. that, but like they're going to breed a, a a generation of psychopaths. Well, I don't know about or a, a generation gen- of wow. just angry, angry people. Yeah, let me go down that path a little bit, right? Uh, Even if that's not like a, the the pathological thing that happens to a child, the child is unwanted, mm-hmm. unloved, unable to be cared for abused, neglected, just that whole level. Well, we're, we're going back to Maslow's hierarchy, right? So like, exactly. Just basic... If the needs aren't met, then we have someone who's looking for those needs to be met for their whole lives.
1: Like, if you don't meet the base level of the pyramid, you're never
0: going to reach
1: <laughs> anything else above there. Yeah. So
2: here's a fun thing you're really going to love, and I don't know if you've ever heard about it. You ever hear of a a, a, a book uh, called Freakonomics?
0: No. Yeah. Okay. So Explain. these two hmm. e-
2: economists wrote a book called Freakonomics. Okay. Actually, it's a podcast. It's a, there's a lot of work around it. They're, there's actually a TV show now. But in uh, their, their first, uh, one of their first cases, they describe uh, the fall off in, uh, in crime in the early 80s. Um, mm. And it's, right? Really interesting. Early 80s into the 90s, there's sure. there's a significant, starts tapering off. significant
1: fall off in Which crime. I know because I'm a crime... crime, you're,
2: you're, true you're, crime a, you're a true crime junkie? junkie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love oh, it. Yeah. That's all I watch. So, so they start looking into the economics of how and why this happened. And long story short, and there's a lot of good work behind it, by all means, check it out. We should probably put a, a, link. a, a link, to link to the show it, notes. Yeah. Uh, but the ultimate, um, the solution that they found, the answer to this was access to abortion. Yeah, because if you're not having what? the kids that you can't care for and have to steal their dinner, right? Sure. Yes, and all of the things that you are citing are are huh. in evidence in the statistics that is from that initial. So that uh, actually
0: makes me more pissed off and about bigger. this whole Roe v. Wade thing yeah. because. We know what this looks like. Yes, it's not even like we don't know what thing. this looks like. We know that with the access to safe, safe abortion, mm. we, here's we know that there is a societal change for the better. Guess what?
1: They don't care.
0: They don't. They don't
1: care. It doesn't affect them directly. So mm-hmm. therefore, they
2: don't. It care. actually does, but it's far enough. down the road. It does. And and the the and I think the thing that you're 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 skirting around is that that whole notion of dictating morality through law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that whole business of well, you know, uh, the prevailing Christianity of of the United States says that you know, these things should be true for everyone and because we are the the ruling not really religion but our our, our laws we, we are business. loud enough
0: so of course.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, everybody should have a common belief. Well in Judaism and I happen to be Jewish, uh, the belief is that the life of the mother is paramount and this whole notion that the the life of I the feet wrong. is takes over somehow takes over is more important than the life of the mother is completely foreign to our our ethical
1: beliefs it's also foreign to like just the medical standard of care because if the mother isn't cared for and safe the fetus has no chance i'll tell you what man when i was pregnant
0: there was like you know there was like the the maternal fetal up like i was at risk so i had to go weekly this guy knew everything about me because (laughs) my god Inside and out, literally. So, like, <laughs> thank you for that. I don't remember his name, which is also typical. Is
1: he the one who met me in a long bridge? Yeah. yeah well, I went to him, too. Yeah, what is For him? my... I don't remember. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Sure. So Dr. I think it was
0: Dr. Gonzalez. Uh, he was one of them. Yeah. She that was, was one the of
1: them? It was male. That was the male.
0: There was a female. There was a, there was a female. Who cares? Point being is that these people, these people saw me on a weekly basis, and I was never more cared for yep. in my whole life. They yeah. checked my blood sugars. They checked to make sure my insulin was right. That's because I had... for the baby, Anna, not but for you. But that's thats the point. Is that like mm-hmm. I was as soon as I gave birth to that child, I sat there in the in the there's no in post, in the mother there's and baby There's no thing. postnatal care, by the way, for mothers. No, none. Listen, I sat there having like I had a C-section, right? Yeah. I had pain. Of course, I had pain. Of course, you they, opened had like a a... they opened like a giant wound. They opened me like a ziploc. Yeah. Just pop that bitch out. Um, <laughs> but they. I sat there having hot flashes, I had like periods of psychosis, I had yep. the, the crying without, uh, without being able to stop, all of those things, and their answer to is, me oh, was, that's do, normal. do you want to hold the baby?
1: No, I don't want to hold my no, baby. No, I
0: want to spike that baby like a football, uh-huh. and I don't want to do that, so someone has to help me, and Dis- their answer to that was up your meds.
1: Yeah, D- disclaimer for any woman who's postpartum and feeling that, that is, it's, I'm going to, okay, let's, I'm going to word this carefully. It is normal in the sense where it is very common. Yes. That is common. It does not mean that you should be living that way. And you don't have to suffer. And you don't have to suffer. It took me six months to have an emotional bond with my son. Mm -hmm. Six months. That means like, I yes, I cared for him. I probably would have killed someone for him, but I didn't feel love for him. I had him big mama bear feelings months. around my daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had mama bear feelings where I was like, I will kill someone for him. Yeah. But I didn't feel a emotional connection to I'll tell to you him.
0: what, during the psychiatric break that happened <clears throat> inevitably because my postpartum sure. wasn't supported, um, I spent three months sleeping without my daughter. She mm-hmm. slept downstairs where I knew she'd be safe because yep. if I held her, I would visualize drowning her. Mm-hmm. My God. I had a vision of th- chucking so, him out his window one day. That's awful. Yeah. And, and that's terrifying. When, that's when I took a step back and said, Kevin,
1: you need to take over a little bit.
0: And here. no one you know what else people don't talk about? When you have an abortion, those feelings still come up. They still come. You still yeah. have postpartum depression. You're still postpartum. Because the hormonal changes
1: still happen. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. now
0: you're, you feel insane. Yes. You feel. And no one believes you. And no one believes you. Mm-hmm. And now we've taken away the safe part of that. Yep. We're a bunch of assholes. We are. Well, uh,
2: okay. I don't think we're a bunch of assholes. I'm not. I'm not. I mean I am, but is... for a different reasons. Right. <laughs> yeah, listen, this is all this is all like a little complex here. Um, I I think the system has has been created that makes us secondary to our offspring. And I'm going to keep circling back to that notion that women are humans Mm-hmm. we have autonomy, we have our own set of rights, and that the undermining of this set of rights is a slippery slope. And and the reality is for us as as providers, mm-hmm. uh, as, as career providers, we need to, first of all, deal with the people that we're going to see, and second
0: of all, deal with the secondary implications for us in our careers. Yeah. Training-wise, what do you think we need to cover? Well, I think we already emphasize
1: the like signs and symptoms right Mm -hmm. but I feel like we really truly need to explain to our students that like some of these women having the these symptoms of either miscarriage or abortion may be even sicker than we initially think yep like this is never take anything at face value yep because someone could look not that sick and I guarantee you if this was something that they've been sitting on for a couple days because they were afraid of getting in trouble they're going to be way sicker than you actually think they are. Yeah,
0: I don't think we have to emphasize bleeding control so much. Because, like, we do a lot of that in the first place, but I think mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to emphasize poison recognition. Yep. Yeah, Because you, you don't necessarily have to have a home abortion by sticking something up a twat. No,
1: there's plenty of meds. To put that as well. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of meds that, that may not actually work, but someone might think they'll work. Yeah, or yeah. teas.
0: There's well, herbs that will herbs. do this. And no one knows the dosage of those. Nope.
1: Yeah. So you'll just... some. I, I literally knew someone many many years ago who i won't even say the exact vitamin because i don't want to give anyone an idea mm-hmm. of to use this but she took a certain vitamin and when i say she took it she bought four bottles of it wow and took and she took every four bottles and took every single one of them and ended up in the hospital so massive overdose of massive anything overdose. is
2: going to produce symptoms and i think you're absolutely right when it comes down to some of the traditional uh thing you know handed down by grandma or grandma's grandma lord knows what those things were, or what the interactions with current medications are. Mm -hmm. If somebody is on medication for one thing, and they take grandma's hermal remedy to uh, reestablish their menstruation, which is shorthand for inducing an early-term abortion, uh, who knows what those uh, interactions are going to be? Because that drug that they're taking now didn't exist when grandma had this problem. So, yeah, we have to be a little bit more... um, Uh, a little bit more savvy about looking for poisoning or overdose or uh, people who have done something that they're not entirely sure what the implications would be. And they may not verbally
1: disclose to you
0: what that is. Well, the other thing I was going to bring up is that we have to start retooling our assessments Mm -hmm. because there's going to be some states out there in the country that are going to make this kind of thing reportable. Right. Yeah. They're going to track how... And, like, that's not... That's not cool, dude. That's not a fear thing. That's a... They're gonna they're gonna find out that you were menstruating and then you didn't for a certain amount oh, of time and like, then they're going to
1: yo every woman out there using a period app delete that period app go back to pen and paper calendars please. yep Help yeah. your Seriously. shit find the delete numbers yep your don't even put it app.
0: don't even put it in your don't in your put phone it in your calendar. Google
1: calendar take go get from the store a tabletop calendar and you just write it down by hand uh-huh. yeah and then hide in- it in your house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. even kidding. No, you know I'm what? The
2: other kidding. thing you're bringing up, though, is is that we have to become better for better advocates. We do. Yeah, we really do. Because when it comes to women's reproductive health, uh, you know, I uh, we should do a separate podcast about men's reproductive health should, because and this won't. is something nobody ever talks to them about. Mm-hmm. These poor guys. Uh, but we need to become better advocates for our patients. So if we have someone at hand who might be sicker than they want to let on, we need to be with them and let them know that their life is more important than getting in trouble. And we're not
1: going to be the ones
0: to and get them in trouble. And we will not be the ones mm-hmm. to we cause do. them to get in trouble. Yeah, we have yeah. to be... And
1: if you're a medical provider and you do that, screw you, you shouldn't be in the medical field. Yep. Leave. Yeah, well, you know, selling shoes might be an option. Yeah, um, or uh, you know, just well,
0: that's the thing too is that like, as medical punching yourself in the face for a living. Might I be a know plenty of medical providers who have been very boisterous about the fact that like a, a fetus has rights too, and blah, blah blah, but it has never affected their care. Right. right. So that's part of the oath that you take as a right. as a caretaker is that this is while well, my beliefs are my beliefs, I can't force them on you so my job is to keep you safe and if that means that we're not going to tell someone that you tried to do this to yourself that you fell down the stairs or whatever it is then that's what i'm going to do
2: Mm -hmm. yeah And, and the long story short this this really comes down to to personal action yeah you know how is it that you're going to conduct yourself as a provider what are you going to do as as a citizen to to respond to uh to this uh uh unique set of circumstances because this really is the first time in, in, in American history that the uh, that the uh, Supreme Court has revoked uh, rights established for citizens. Yeah,
1: well, we're not citizens in their eyes. I don't think. I think that's kind of how a, a lot of um you know what though, I think. Us.
0: I think there's a lot of things that have changed since they since Roe v. Wade went in. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a way that uh, America and American citizens looked at women, mm-hmm. and there's a way that they look at us now. Yep, and to be honest with you, if I can do the nine to five grind just like my husband can, uh, I can vote just like he can. Yeah, and there's and they go. That's where we're going to have a lot of the pushback. It's like you you took my ability to to make my own choices away. I'm going to raise hell for that. Try something again, because yeah. now I know I'm a human. I know that I'm I'm separate from these people, and I know I don't have to answer to them.
2: Yeah, and and mm-hmm. the the notion for for this generation to rise up and take on
1: take on the fight.
2: Yeah. You know, our and great, have, great You don't have family. to
1: take on a huge part of the fight, right? You don't have to, you don't have to be the one showing up to these rallies. You don't have to be the one, like, being loud and up front. You can do what you're capable of doing in the background.
0: Like, I like, I know, I know plenty of women who have PhDs and medical degrees and, Higher level degrees that make lots and lots of money. And I'm sure at one point or another, someone can write a check. Well, I mean, not for another. We were talking before about, you
2: know, in the suffragette movement. Uh, there were we, we all learned about Susan B. Anthony yeah. and Alice Paul and all these other, you know, really the thermal...
1: romanticized histor- history book version.
2: Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We, were all, we all marched and yeah. people wore white dresses and all that sort of stuff. There was a lot of other stuff that went on there. But the reality is that we focus on that really small group as if they made the change, and they didn't. They mobilized hundreds of millions of women who all did one small thing. Right. Sometimes yeah. it was making you know contributing money. Sometimes it was you know
1: writing letters, signing petitions. Absolutely. You know. Well, those- we
0: did we did a, a census lookup uh, before we started recording, and it looks like. Um, the group of women in this country, 15 to 65, so like definitely within that those uh, childbearing years. Um, well, not we, 65,
1: hopefully, but. Well, you know, I mean,
0: close enough, right? I don't know. Close enough. Sure, close enough. So there are 107,250,000 women in that group in America. Wow. If all of us gave a dollar. Right? To, if if just all of us did movement, one little thing, right? Yep, just one little thing. Yeah, Bake and cookie, big cookies! Big uterus cookies! <laughs> oh, what if I'm marching and I need a and I need a sugar boost? You need a snack. I need a snack a <laughs> hundred and seven million little things. Hundred and seven million little things. To make one huge thing. To make one thing to make one thing bright. Right. Yeah. To to write yeah. this wrong.
1: And that that's just the women. What about all of our partners, male partners and friends and brothers and fathers yeah. who could also do a hundred million little things. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's, in the long story short, right. that's the thing that's going to make all the difference. If, you know, you can't count on every woman in America having the same opinions as more sure. you can count on anything, but there are at least 100 million people in yes. the country who believe that this is something that needs to be taken care of, a right that needs to be restored, uh, you know, that, that we can all do something. hmm doesn't matter what it is. It it matters, you know. It feels like if you're not on the front lines marching, and I've been to protests, I gotta be honest, they're I'm stressful. N-
0: they're stressful. not that person. I'm it's, not that person. I don't, I don't like people that, that much. I like people. I like people in theory. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, don't to be, I, I like, next I to like the
1: idea of humanity, right? Yeah. The no. idea of humanity is pretty cool. I don't think I physically want to be at a protest. Not... Not because I don't support whatever that protest is for. It's just I don't feel like I add value to that protest personally. Yeah. but it's it's. But one you of know those... what? I can add value by I'll send letters. a Venmo account. Oh, I'll send letters. I'll send a hundred thousand letters. I'll send, I'll sign a hundred thousand petitions. I'll have I'll have a dozen conversations a week
0: with people. I
1: absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll I'll go and I will send basically we're
0: saying like it, links to to resources. Yeah. You're if you're a lady of action, you don't have to be like that kind of big dick energy. You don't. <laughs> you can put you can put your big dick energy elsewhere. I just love that phrase. I, I and know. I'm gonna say know. it all all the time. I got big dick energy for you, honey, and you ain't here to handle it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The point is that every every little bit
2: counts. Every little bit matters, and every every action that contributes is worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I set right. up a, uh, a recurring donation to Planned Parenthood. Now, some people can not get behind Planned Parenthood. I totally get that. If you're more about the legislative rights that have been curtailed here, you know, contribute to that. If you are about the uh, uh, access to abortion in, in very particular, specific, you want to get somebody, you know, on a plane or that sort of thing, contribute to that. Whatever speaks to you. Do it mm-hmm. because
0: this is the time for action. This is the time to join the fight. Yeah, it is. And join the fight in any capacity. I think it's a good place. To no matter how small. Yeah, I think that's a. That's it a, is. This was a very productive conversation.
1: Um, you know, and this isn't to say that uh, I we forgot to do this disclaimer earlier on, but it isn't to say that like met like uh, there was this Facebook post of a friend who she essentially reblogged something Mm -hmm. that pertained to this case and in the comments a white man said well what about men who get raped and uh, and we are not saying that men don't have issues with their sexuality Or 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 traumatic experiences that is not what this discussion is about it is not what roe v wade is about um it is about the fact that all human beings on this planet should have the right to bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. And we're talking about how men need to have, you know, need to be recognized because they get raped too. That's absolutely true. It is watering down the conversation we're having. Yeah. The specific conversation we're having. And if It's we, in the wrong room, It's guys. in the wrong room. And yeah. way to make something that's not about you about you, as usual. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I would love to do an episode on something like that and I think we absolutely will in the future because mm-hmm. that is a huge thing that goes undiscussed and you know what we don't even know the exact figures for that because who knows how we many here, we didn't come here to talk about it well that and actually who knows how many people how many men actually report it yeah so let's say we have a number and there that's only reported by 10 of that men, of men let's say yeah. that then yeah that's a huge deal the because point is that we, didn't come, is is we didn't come here
0: that. to talk yeah, about that. like it, I said, it's in the wrong room. We that, would, that's two doors down.
1: It would be our honor to talk about it in the future. Yes. And, um, we I certainly think it needs acknowledgement, so. but it's not,
0: it doesn't belong here. So
1: that's just a disclaimer, so um, don't add us about that. Yeah, come Thanks. at me. But like, because no, it's, it's not applicable. Thank you. Yes, yeah. thank
0: you. And good night. All right, so I think that's where we're going to end it. Judith, thank you for joining us on our on our debut Return to Glam. My pleasure. Glad to be here and glad you're back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You and for... know, we're almost
1: human again, Anna.
0: Almost. Oh, oh para hot mamas, come on. Next we next we next, now you qualify Ready? as mamas. We do. Oh, we do qualify as mamas. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so pretty. All right. Then for the Glam podcast, I am Anna, Joan, Big Dick Energy, Ryan. <laughs> and I'm I'm Jess. Now, she also has a big dick, but I also she have won't a big show dick. it as readily as I will. No.
1: I, it's, I'm a secret. I'm a secret. Secret dick.
0: I surprise you.
1: It's <laughs> not out of nowhere. <laughs> it's it's, so so stealth- it's stealthy. stealthy. No,
0: this no, this got back to the mail mailbreak thing. Thanks <laughs> oh, oh, no. okay, guys, agree. have a good one. Bye.
1: The Glam podcast is part of the Overrun Network.
0: Hosted by Anna Ryan and Jess Mastracola. Written by Anna Ryan and Jess Mastracola. Produced and posted by Overrun Productions.